Hey everyone, thanks again for tuning in to the second episode of the PR Playbook. This episode is brought to you by Books and Bagels. Books and Bagels is going to be this Saturday, June 11th from 10 a.m. to noon at the Children's Learning Center that's at 4800 West 10th Street, very close to War Memorial Stadium in the zoo. It's a cultural community event with free breakfast, children's reading time, and community strengthening for young adults. G and I went, we picked up a book, it's about Egypt, she loves it, tons of fun times, fun activities. And you get to be around other people of dope backgrounds. And it's brought to you by Just Us. Dear Lord, I don't know if I'm right, but please allow me to crush all my enemies. Yeah. You know they say pride comes right before the fall, right? Well, get ready for a long summer. Yeah. One time. Again, for tuning in to the second episode of the PR Playbook, I've got with me my good friend Big Piff. He's a pretty awesome rapper here in Little Rock, Arkansas, and around the world. So, welcome, Piff. Thank you so much for coming. How you doing? I'm doing good. That's cool. I had to book through four managers just to get them here, but I'm I'm very you, appreciative of your time. You ain't got a lot of kick. It I was real easy to reach. Like, what was it like one text? I think so, yeah. and that in itself is 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 it's pretty natural awesome. because we're friends, and I respond to all your texts. See there? <laughs> yeah, he does. He does, and it's funny to call, say we're friends because uh, you know we started on a little little rocky road. Should we go ahead and tell people? We didn't start rocky. Oh, okay. I yeah. was in my feelings. No, I mean we started. We reached out and tried to. Uh, we did some work together. Met in Juanita's. And Pitt fired me. I don't know about that. <laughs> So this is uh this is, this is how we started. This is how we started. <laughs> Welcome to the PR playbook. Um, so I brought Piff on because you know, back in the very 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 early phases of IT solutions with K, phenomenal <laughs> K, whatever I, whatever I was doing. Back when you was a B. Back when I was a B, yeah. and that's so sad that people think about me like that because I was really working very hard. But because I hadn't really, I didn't. No, really no, have, no, no. B like the the animal, I know. not I know. like yeah. I know. Yeah. No, no, no. We know you wouldn't. But but the way you responded made it sound like that's what I said. No, I mean that I I was using a bee and a crown emoji, and people were like, "Oh, that's the bee girl. That's the queen." And it was just it. I I I had to take a second to really understand myself and my brand and where I was gonna go, and understand why it was so important for me to walk away from that and walk into the K Creates. And so Piff and I started. Um, well, I reached. I think we reached out to each other. And uh, we met at Juanita's. We met at one of his shows. And at that point, I felt like I had worked with enough artists on just some basic, like, cover art type deals, doing some photography for them, going to their events and making sure that everything was set up for them, but also being able to, being able to be there with a camera that I was ready to get on the big piff level. But he politely <laughs> told me... I'm that not, I'm, I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't quite there. I'm not sure that's quite how it went. Like we worked together for like a few months. We and did, it, and yeah. it, and it was very, 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 very eye opening. 
And I wanted to bring you on so that you can explain to people who are trying to be an artist or walking in that, um, you know, in that artistic space, how important it is to self-manage. Because I think a lot of people think I can just be super unorganized and focus on my art. And then everyone, you know, eventually I'll get a manager. But that's definitely not how that works because you've been super successful at this and a lot of different aspects and you really do manage yourself very well. So that's why I wanted to make sure that I brought you on so that people can understand that it's totally something that you can do for yourself. Well, I appreciate those uh, high remarks. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. And Piff got Excel spreadsheets <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, there's a cadence to everything that you do and how you drop things. Like, you know, you're going to get... As, as, as much as I love supporting you and I will always support you, I'm going to miss you dropping something solely on Facebook. I'm going to miss you dropping something solely on Instagram. So the fact that I get an email blast makes a big difference. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, from that standpoint, it's just, uh, I think there's almost a rule of thumb marketing that people need different touch points. Like almost you look at like, like the traditional marketing they would be, I think the rule of thumb was like seven. So it's like they see a billboard, they hear it on the radio, they see a print ad, word of mouth. So nowadays, um, you know, I'm not trying to hit up all seven, but I try to uh, increase the multiple times, the, the amount of times you can come across, I guess, the message, right? So it's like um, one, still the most direct way is like the easiest way is if I see somebody and can talk to them, but that's not possible. So right after that is like email text. When you say the most direct way, because I remember right before we started this podcast and you were telling me about the listening party and you said something like, I know I got to invite you personally. Is it not just the most direct way, but it's the best return on investment if you actually yeah, yeah. see somebody or call them and text them, right? Right. So I guess that's what I kind of meant. Like just in terms of, I look at like uh, this, the most effective way is still if I see you in person and I'm like, okay. I got this going on because it's less likely you're gonna lie to my face. You know what I'm saying? Like, then you have right after that, you have what I say is the next uh, tier. We have the next tier, which is um, I think like email, really email and text. Text right. even more so than email nowadays, yeah, like it's mobile, right? Um, and then you have email, but then you have like social media, but because they control, like you don't really control the algorithm. Like a lot of people think, because I put it on Facebook and I have three thousand friends, all my three thousand friends see it. But it's not true, right? Right. So it's like you put it up there and however many you're allocated to for that day based on other things you posted before is how much you see it. So that's like once it gets a little bit more decreasing returns and you kind of have like, you know, Twitter and things of that nature. So it's just a matter of of uh, trying to be the most effective. And then like, so I just use all of them. Like I, I find the ones, well, let me say that. Actually, I find the ones that are most effective for me mm-hmm. and then I do it. So for instance... I'm just not a Twitter dude. Yeah. Yeah. And like, not, I love Twitter. Thank you to everybody who follows me on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank y'all. Whatever. But um, <laughs> yeah, actually, I had what a Twitter account like and it, Twitter? it got deleted. Um. So you got people that follow you on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, so all right. So there's, there's several reasons, and I know that your show likes to dig into. The, the like details of it, right? Do you yeah. want me like give me my ultra like nerd reasons? I have like personal. Oh God, I, I forgot. Yeah, I'm gonna tell. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on with it. Um, so one is just like how long it has a a, she- a shelf life, right? Yeah. So you have that's that is true. Emails have like the longer shelf life. Then you have like Facebook posts, which last I think it's like 45 minutes. A tweet lasts like two minutes before it's circulated out. Right. So it's kind of like you put that tweet up, 
if the people don't see it in those two minutes, it's kind of like circulated out and they don't see it. Also, I don't do as much with like short like bites. Because also you know, as you know, and like I'm sure you talk on here, you have to stay relevant besides just giving the information. So you have to like provide people with other posts that find interest. And it's not just always like, check me out, check me out, check me out. So it's like... I don't, you gotta find things in that shit. Yeah, and I don't I don't care. Like I, I won't love it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't uh the, I, I won't post on Facebook but or whatever. No, I only post like once his. or twice per day. That's the end Twitter one. I have to do like Books a lot more first, and like thinking like these bites the and figure out how to do that. Um, I felt so that I way until I started using Kay. if and it's I F F T T. Okay. Um If is an app and it's so awesome. If you have a business or any type of project Check them out because what if does is it allows you to manage relationships. So if anybody uses the hashtag Black Creatives, mm-hmm. they show up in a list of mine that call that's called Dope People. So I very rarely get on Twitter, but every once in a while I get people that send me a message that says thanks for the list ad. You're dope too. Uh, I just was trying to make sure that I captured all of the awesome creatives and the conversations they were having. Little did I know that they were seeing that I was adding them to this list. And so I turned around and like I've sold logos off of if I mean off right. of Twitter. And I found a way for it to work for me. And I was gotcha. totally like you, meaning I cut it all the way off. But also, you know, Twitter now has that thing where you can have the um you can have the uh pinned tweet. So, like, let's say for you, if you had a project coming up and you were pinning that right right there, it's kind of cool because, like... It lasts longer or something? It lasts... It's, it's there. Like, if people go uh, to your profile, I got you. so I didn't even they know. click it. And then it was really weird. The guy that um, is the manager over at Hark, I know you know him. Uh, Tim, Tim Freeman? Tim Freeman. Yeah, yeah, it's cool folks. Tim was like, send me a DM through Twitter, and I felt really weird about it because... Listen it, to Yo Gotti. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thought he was trying to see what it do. No, it was, just, it was just weird for me because it's just like Twitter, like you, for me, Twitter is not something that I use all the time. And so I was kind of like, send you a DM through Twitter. Yeah. But... That creative and that technology feel that you know it, it that is very much that. Well, I'll say this too. Um, one, I've had other. There's always like for me, there's only so much. To, well, for anybody, there's only so much time in the day, and it's like now, so many means of ways you communicate with people, and so for myself, like but also you don't I, snap either. Yeah, so actually, I I started for a second or three, I know, and I chilled cute. out. That's, you know who has the best snap is Bijou. Yeah, Bijou. Yeah, Bijou's real cool. Bijou has the funniest snaps, and me and my sister will be together and we'll be watching because she does her 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 big beautiful voice, and she always says my snaps. And she'd be like Snapchat. Yeah, snap Bijou's chat. dope. Her snap. So that's the thing. I actually saw you ain't cool enough. Exactly. Like I stay. You as you said before the interview. You said I'm kind of a weird dude, so I like stay in my head. I'm a real kind of like loner. Stay in my own People kind don't of know world, that. right, right. But but I can't always for me to always be creating content on all the social media would then not allow me to have my personal space as well as creative space. So I have to choose wisely the things I use. If not, I'm kind of like, yeah, it's just kind of like. Wired up. And that's another thing that working with you really made me like open up to. I think you said something one day and you were like, what are your goals? And I was like, I just, I want to work with this person and this person, and this person. And you were like, realistically, 
do you have enough time in the day to make this happen and to have time for yourself and to have time for your child? And I was like, uh, and it changed the way that I think about myself and my goals. Oh, cool. And I guess it's because, you know, I've been working on this legacy project and it's was a huge beast that I've put like all my work and energy and efforts into. And it was not feasible for me to do that. And then also do Talk all this. Talk about like, the Legacy Project. Legacy Project. It's an uh, app-based interactive album that is made to connect, engage, and highlight uh, the users of who I call fam through storytelling. So it's like um, you have an album. So it's a st- heart of it for me. It's still my album, whatever. Then on top of that, it's through an app. Uh, and then each song has either a visual narrative or video or what I call an engagement piece that goes over a two-month process. It's I was on in one schedule. of the videos. Yeah. And you look lovely. Oh, yeah, three I haven't syllables. seen the video. Love, shoot, me neither, but I'm sure you look lovely. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's cool. And it's coming out, uh, the actual, the album's going to come out next week, the 17th, and the app's going to follow that like about 10 days later. Is it cheesy to ask you if you're excited? Um, No, nah, it's not cheesy. Um, you're just too cool. You can't answer for real. No, nah, I don't have no problem answering. I'm not excited right now, but not because I'm just in like automatic. I've been working on... so. Conceptually, I've been working on this since 2012, so it's like yeah, four years, I remember. right? So, like, I'm just really now so ready to put into the world. I want people to experience what we've been working on for so long. So, 2012, talk about some things that have pushed the project back, because I know that this was something that you came to me. And you were like an album. I was like, man, why can we? You came to me and talking about an app, yeah. and I remember just being like, why can't we just drop it? The like, album. yeah, like, we can just drop it. Like, why can't we just drop these videos? Yeah. Okay, just put these you bars. Just put the bars and shut <laughs> up. What? Just- yeah, no, nah, it was. Uh, after 2012, and I don't know if you want to get into like how I got there. I know it was like expensive. I know it was expensive. <laughs> this, I I'll put it like this. <laughs> I know, so I know Give this is the like I know this is like the uh, business podcast, uh, like very much so business marketing. But at the same time, like I'm, I also see myself first as a creative, like art, artistic. Um, so I went deep, deep into like what I wanted to create and bring into the world as a vision. Same way I did like when I first started rapping. It was like. I want to rap. I'm not trying to do it from the standpoint of I'm trying to get this, this, and this. It's like, that's what I want to do my passion. And so once I realized I wanted to make this project, and it just happens to be in the app, I was like, I'm going to make it happen somehow. You know what I'm saying? So 2012 was when I first had the idea for it, and now it's just like, it's just huge. And it just took a lot to create. But like, you know, when I think about app, like, okay, so let's say like some of my favorite apps, whether it's Snapchat or... um, well, sorry. So the thing you probably got to check on that is like, those are social media apps. This is an entertainment one, right? So this is say if you had, uh, this is say if you had like, you went into this app for a unique experience for entertainment. Whereas like Instagram, you're going still like, I'm, sh- I'm putting up pictures because I'm connecting with a larger world. Snapchat, I'm showing these like little clips of myself to connect with a larger world. Twitter, I'm showing a little text piece to connect with a larger world. That's not necessarily this. This is more so like, here's this individual entertainment piece that also has connections to the world, but it's not a social media app. You know what I'm saying? Put it like this. It's also something you've like never seen before at all. When you say this is something that people have never seen before, is it something that you want to talk about in the podcast? I mean, it's going to come out right yeah, around no, the time. No, no. So cool. All right, here's even a better way. So say Beyonce's Lemonade, right? Oh, you my God. Her, Let's I, have a whole conversation after you get done with this. Cool, cool. So you know her Lemonade all came out together. So if her Lemonade was like Netflix House of Cards, like binge watching, right? Mine is a little bit more like... HBO Game of Thrones and that comes out scheduled episodes and it has all other little other pieces to it. So think what she did 
but doper. Because it's going to last longer. Not, and not just that, but there's also other little elements into it that make it a, a more engaging experience. I'm extremely proud of you just hearing you talk about it. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And I, at the end of the day, so I, I told somebody like this. Uh, it's like if I came to your career and was like, hey, I got this new moped. And he's like, oh, that's real weird and lame. But, you know, do you? And I was like, hey, I'm going to jump the Grand Canyon with this thing. We have a talk about it. You probably like laugh at me, so on and so forth. But then you realize like I'm serious. Now, when I jump the Grand Canyon, the moped, there's only two options. Either I make it to the other side. And it's like amazing how it comes together. It's like I didn't think you pull that off. This ended up being even bigger than what I thought. Or you die. Like you can't make it 80%. You can't make it 95%. Can't make it 7 Like either you get to the other side or you don't. That's how I view this project. Like either it'll come together and be like this unique experience that people kind of be immersed and amazed by. Or it'll be like a hell of a dumb effort. And I'm coached with either way. And I think that that is admirable in, in itself because a lot of people... When you talk about putting money into a project and putting time into a project, for whatever reason, I, I was on Facebook for a little bit longer than I needed to be and saw someone that was complaining about people having to pay like $500 for a video. It was an artist talking about people having to pay a certain amount of money for a videography project. And I just, I know how much time and energy you put into paying for a studio and how much sacrifice that, you know, it's just, it's like you have a project. Right. And you and you know the vision that it want that you want. The fact that you waited this long to make sure that all of those components were exactly what where you wanted them to be versus just settling and then being mad at the about the final product says a lot. Do you feel like you could have got the project done sooner and quicker if you would have made some um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean I could've uh gave I mean, up, really. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. I could have just honestly just done an album, another album, which, which I, is what I actually. Yeah, I mean, because you know, what I'm saying I know how to make albums and I know how to make it, but the, the, the thing is, when I make an album, I'm not going to. I never made an album to be like, hey, I want to make this album. It's more so I want to make this vision come to life, and it just yeah. so happens the vision happens to be an album. For this one, the vision was no longer. I called it a living album. No longer was just a regular song album. So it was like. I want to bring that vision in life because also I understand now and I think you could kind of relate is like I've learned that like when I bring my visions to life and evolve because one is not just me I have a team and like other people get involved that it actually impacts and affects other people who who then see that vision you know what I'm saying so Absolutely. When, I make, when I make a, a, a music album I'm not the people who listen to it I want them to have an experience in that you know what yeah. I'm saying like I want them to enter it and exit it different you know with some type of feeling and so it's kind of like for me, not to create this vision that I feel I'm supposed to do is then like me selling the people short too. And I think that that was definitely, a, that's the reason why Untouchable is the song that you all heard when we first came into to this podcast, to the second episode, because there was a moment in my life and in my time where I realized that I wasn't going to be allowed to be meek in this industry I, if I was going to do the things that I wanted to do yeah. there was going to have to be a level of I don't even know how to describe it to me the song is always something I listen to or something I listen to heavily when I'm in that moment to where you know it's like either you can go hard or go home and I think if people experience the song the same way that I do I definitely make sure that there's a link to it on the end of this and, and, and it's just like there's a lot of things and a lot of songs that you do that are 
dope in their own right. But for whatever reason, I always feel like ready to conquer whatever I'm about to walk into. I mean, I look at it like two levels. So one is like, one, I just don't ever want to be extra regular. Like, I just don't want to be like, like, I don't ever want yeah, to be like, piff. yeah, you know what I'm saying? But that was even, that one dude that used to sell CDs outside of uh, Elevations, and now here he is. Yeah, it's just like, he's, he's extra, like, he's cool. I don't you know, think anybody would ever say that about but you. But even the second one, though, is I don't want to be uh, just what other people consider dope to their standard if that's not what my standard's supposed to be, right? What's dope to you? Um, can I, I, I could describe what a bootleg... Uh, analogy because you know that's what I do yeah right? so and I probably even, we probably even had this one before so I was like I always say it like this if I'm if I'm hired for a job to make 15 widgets right 15 widgets like all I gotta do is make 15 widgets per day and I get to this job and I see that everybody makes like six widgets some make 10 some make nine some make 11 but nobody makes close to their 15 widgets then I get in there and I make 12 and everybody's like man you killing it like you making 12 widgets per day still not dope that's not, yeah so that's like that's dope because everybody else is doing less than that mm. but I signed on to do 15 widgets so if I'm not doing my job just because everybody else is not doing their job does not mean I'm dope by default it means we all fail it so if I'm not making my 15 widgets then I don't want to do it so like for me to just to make an album because people are used to me making albums and everybody's making albums but I know what I'm supposed to be making is something bigger and bolder than that then if I'm not making something bigger and bolder than that then I still fail like fire me look y'all got an end all kind of wrong y'all stuck here an end is all kind of gone plus I be snapping killing all kind of songs y'all be getting mad guess you slapping your vagina Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the second episode of the PR Playbook. This episode is brought to you by One Thumbs Up and my good friend Ryan Holmes. This year, the One Thumbs Up charity weekend will start Thursday, June 23rd with the One Thumbs Up Poetry Jam. Doors will open at the House of Art at 6pm. Friday, June 24th, the One Thumbs Up Kids Fashion and Talent Show will be at Philander Smith College, which starts at 6pm. June 25th, we'll be back celebrating the 6th annual basketball charity game. The first one will start off at 3 p.m. The Greeks will play at 4.30, and the All-Star game will start at 6 p.m. June 26th, a church service will start at 10.30 at Wesley Chapel, which is on Philander Smith campus. And then the 6th annual One Thumbs Up charity cookout will be at Boyle Park. Look forward to seeing you there. If you need any more information, please go to OneThumbsUp.com. A lot of this podcast comes from that sports background. And, of course, Piv had to challenge me. So at some point, we'll have a video of me beating him in basketball terribly. <laughs> like, not even, not even like, like the first Cavs versus Golden State game. Not whatever happened last night. Uh, um, uh. But <clears throat> I'm upset about that. So Guys, let me say one more thing. Now, at the same time, I, I uh, often will talk to students. And I always have to throw this on there. So at the same time, I'm not, I'm not speaking... You still have like obligations. I'm not just speaking like you know, we sprinkle this mag- magical pixie dust and just do whatever your passion is. So it's like at the same time, I gotta cover obligations like renting. If people have children, gotta do all that. So it's like you gotta do it within the bounds of what you can do in terms of other responsibilities. But at the same time, to not do it just because of excuses 
to me is unacceptable. Well, and you know what, what I don't understand about, I think some of the artists that I work with is the fact that like from a business standpoint, you you describe the excuses after you've already made a commitment to do something. Like don't say, don't go to the studio. And I think that's what I love about the way that you manage a product project because you absolutely know how much it's going to cost to get in the studio and do a song, a album, a video. Right. And let me let me put a pin there because sometimes I come on, you make me sound better than what I am. Yeah, I, it's been a learning curve. I mean, even when we were working together, so it's like I make tons of mistakes. Uh, I try to plan for the best for stuff. There's always tons of mistakes, and there's always like that learning curve. But I just look at it like the next time I enter it, I should be better than last time. So it's like. But even when I started working with you, don't play yourself. Even when I started working, <laughs> I'm gonna play you many times in this <laughs> podcast. But even in like that, like like, and not to say, oh, I'm trying to put Piv on a, a level that's better than all the other artists in Little. But we talked about this, and this was part of the reason why you asked me, like, what are we gonna talk about on the podcast? One of the things that you had said to me that was like stood out, and it's not just for musicians. It's absolutely for what I do as well. Think about, I think about sometimes how many people wake up and say, I want to do something similar to what I do, whether they know what it is that I do or not. Like, uh-huh. I want to be a publicist. And 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 there's a, there's a million of them. There's literally hundreds of thousands of people out there that would love to be a manager of some type. They're probably... 15 or 20 people that would love to manage you. And the fact that... <laughs> don't call him. I'm, I'm hoping he takes me back one day. 646. <laughs> it is 646. Um, I'm sure you can Google it and find it on your website. But don't call him, no, for real. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> did, you, did you just hate, did you just hate on people? Uh, read it out. That's funny. Anyway, there are. I'm sure people here in Little Rock who would be like, oh, man. Because when I looked at it, I was like, this is going to be a dope experience because this man is so multidimensional. And even what, what if... Question, the, was it? Was it a dope experience? You're on my podcast. You're episode two. You're the first person that uh-huh. I interviewed in this entire series of the PR Playbook, and you have no basketball talent that has yet uh-huh. to be seen. Uh-huh. That was cute. That <laughs> so, was real cute. So the that fact that you're here is only fire. because it, it was it was an amazing experience. I was, I'm not going to lie to you. There was about a six-month period where I was in my feelings, and I got out of that. Um, and when I saw him, I didn't speak to him, and <laughs> and I and I threw an egg on his car one time. No, I'm just kidding. That didn't ever happen. But it was it was <clears throat> there weren't a lot of people that I was working with in that phenomenal K moment that were really like you know it may be time for you to slow down a little bit. Since then, I've been APR certified. Since then, I've worked on special events. Since then, I've um, taking some project management courses and some time management courses. And I really have changed the way that I wake up every single day. I talked about this in the last episode with my motivation, you know, my morning motivation. I don't wake up in the morning and listen to Goo-Wop anymore. I wake up and I listen to Eric Thomas. And it has just kind of changed and, and perceived. Had those days where I really needed to sit down at mugs and drill out some of the projects that you and I were working on come to me now, I would be, I would be, we would have had a different experience. Experience. But you know everything happens for a reason. Um, yeah, like I look at like in this region or in the area where there's only I look at the cast is like who has been doing what they're doing for about almost like at least three four years or longer, right? Because you always have someone pop up that's hot 
You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about just like music right now. So yeah, really I know. I'm so, just, just hoping no one in their feelings. Yeah, so honestly, no. But then, because it's not, it's not just the fact that like, oh, you're hot, like it's not going to last. It's just the fact of that means do something like three, four years or longer here. That means you've passed the point of being hot, but now you learn how to like sustain it. Because yes. the high is only going to be momentarily. Yes. It's like, honestly, it's about four or five squads here. You got like Grim, Doe, uh, Six, like there's a few artists, Bo, you know what I'm saying? A few artists that you see is like, okay, they found something to like maintain past that. And then when you kind of look at it, it's like, if not them, they have someone around them that uh, adds organization and structure to what they're doing, right? Yeah, like there's definitely. nobody that's just like hella talented and just hot and hella talented for a long period of time unless they have someone else with them that's also like structuring it out for them. So yeah. it's kind of like just the fact of I try to... Uh, like, I, I wanted to do this for a career and vocation and not just, like, a passion. So it's like I had to add more structure and, and business aspects to it. Not necessarily because I just like them, which some of it I do. It's just because that's the way you survive. Not even survive, but thrive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, okay, so, uh, again, we're bringing it back to the fact that that was one of the big things. You asked me my experience with you, and I, I th- that was one of the things that I really learned and, and really still fuels me to this day is the fact that there are so many artists here in Little Rock alone. Let's not even talk about Atlanta. Let's not even talk about California. Let's not even talk about New York. Let's not even get into all the people that are trying to be successful. Let's just talk about here in Little Rock and what are some of those keys that are or, or those the structural things that you have done that have helped you not only be great at what you do but sustain for so long because I mean you're like what 75 80 uh, 63 okay yeah, so good, yeah. uh no I'm just playing because I'm gonna have a bunch of people that are gonna message me and say what are you trying to say I'm old too I'm not saying y'all old I'm yeah. just saying that Piff has been doing this for a while yeah I, I think there's a few things so one is definitely um uh Goal setting, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, and I tell people all the time, like my dad told me at a young age, the best way to do a maze is to start the end and work backwards because you won't hit walls. It's the craziest thing. If you go forward, you hit walls, but if you start the end and work backwards, you see the way right away. So to me, like, it's like know your goal, and then you, once you see backwards to where you are right now, then you'll have your goal, and then you also have your plan. So then you have your goal, your plan. A huge part is, like, execution, like, especially in the game of uh, artistry around here. Everybody loves to talk about what they're going to do. And then they don't, then you were like, man, I don't think you could do that being on Snapchat like every day. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they don't wow. execute these plans, right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Unless your plan is like, man, Cal, the DJ Khaled function where you're going to be on Snapchat every day. But it's like goals, plan, execute, a uh, large part of oh, team is a huge part. Like after a while, to get to a certain thing, you have to have people to help you out. Um, or even at first, if your team is just yourself, but just understanding. I, someone has to play this role. Someone has to play this role. Someone has to play this role. Like, everybody... So this is when you admit that you're crazy, that there's, like, multiple different piffs. Yeah, no, I do. Like, that's for real, jumping to different heads. Like, I jump into, like, creative piff is not... Uh, Marketing management. Yeah, and I don't even try to mix them. Like, when I'm right. making a song, I don't ever want to think, like, hey, this song's going to be good right here. I just want to make the junk. Then later on, I can come back and be like, you know what, this song will be good? You know what I'm saying? But also, you don't want a team of five hot fire artists and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Because everybody's going to want to be seen. Like, who's going to do the grunt yes. work? Stuff like that. Uh, other things like I be honest that. with yourself. It's very much so be honest with yourself. So I will for real be like, this ain't going to work. Like, this is really what I want to work. And this is how I sh- it should work in my head. But is it realistic that I'm going to be able to pull this off doing the stuff I'm doing right now? So it's kind of like, 
Kay will be like, hey, I really want to be Piffin basketball, but I'm not that good, right? So you have to like go wake up in the mirror after you listen to Eric Thomas and look at your mirror and be like, is it really realistic that I can beat Piffin basketball? And then even though on the podcast you'll say yes, in the mirror you'll be like, no, I just can't do it. You see what I'm saying? And that's why you prosper because you're honest with yourself and who you are and who you aren't. You feel me? You didn't like that analogy? I appreciate the fact that um, I brought you on my podcast uh, for you to give great examples. Go, go on record. Give great examples about how wrong you are about yeah. this actual basketball game that we can play. At I'll say any this time. though. I'll say this though. At I'll, any time, you might be able to beat one. Well, See now, no, 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 no. Actually, no, no, no. I, I was about to lie, and I don't like to lie on um, Thursdays. But I'm saying like. <laughs> It's highly so I don't, I don't play ball at all anymore. I used to play like real heavily. Here you go. This is what people say whenever you finna beat them. No, 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 no. Because no, he knows no, that no. I have three no, videos out, out. out here. I don't ball at all anymore. Any given day, of any given year, of any given situation of life I'm in at that moment, you will lose to me. No, 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 no. Okay, I've seen the cover of your uh, podcast. You're in the skirt with the back. That's cute. It's a good. You'll get a lot of likes. And a lot of reshares. I did because people were hating, man. Why was I hating on my podcast? If you haven't liked the cover, go back and like it. Because I think that, for me, the podcast and the cover of the podcast and all that stuff, we're not going to talk about the cover of the podcast, but what we will talk about that is the fact that I'm going to beat you in basketball the next, right. the next time you get close to War, War Memorial. Just After the project drops, we can do that. See, because he don't want to go onto his st- the stage limping. You don't want to be at your listening no, party no, with your broke arm. Stuff and like some just a uh, trivial basketball game in which I win. It's not trivial because you just went on my podcast and told me I was going to lose. So now it's like it's not but even you told a me challenge. Every time to tell the truth. It's not even a challenge. It's a it's a it's a direct like you need to put some respect on my name because I did, <laughs> I did, but then you asked the wrong question. Anyway, it's good to see you, though. And, it, and it's, it's always great to see you. And I appreciate the fact that you're here um, for me. We were talking about something that was really dope. And I, I don't even remember where we're going because you threw me off so much with the basketball. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the second episode of the PR Playbook. This episode is brought to you by Books and Bagels. It will be this Saturday, June 11th from 10 a.m. to noon at the Hillary Rodham Clinton Children's Library. It's at 4800 West 10th Street if you're familiar with Little Rock. It's close to War Memorial Stadium and the zoo. Books for Bagels is an awesome time. Me and G went. We got a book. It's about Egypt. Love it. Great opportunity to spend time with people in our community. Cultural community event with free breakfast, children's reading time, and community strengthening for adults. If you are going to come, make sure that you reach out to any of the people who are involved to see if they need anything. It's a great opportunity to give back, bring something, and go home with an awesome book. G loves her book about Egypt and uh, going and seeing all of our friends. So if you get an opportunity, please go out to Books and Bagels. That's this Saturday, June 11th from 10 a.m. to noon. And that's at the Hillary Rodham Clinton Center, very close to War Memorial and the zoo. Now that Piff is done lying, so you've talked a little bit, I think we kind of skipped over some things that I really wanted to cover, and and you've talked a little bit about where you are with your project, and you've talked a little bit about some of the things that inspired me from working with you, but one of the things that was really important to me was that I wanted people to understand and know that there's so much more to you and your brand than just 
music. So an average day. I, uh, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I have no problem. Leave the strippers out. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not a big stripper dude. Like, I don't like uh, group love. I like like dedicated. So it's like if she's gonna shake it for somebody for twenty, and then me, like that's not for me. Yeah. So your question was like my average day. So honestly, so like, all right. So nowadays, kind of how am I known? So for some people, don't even know like I rap because of stuff I do in the community. I actually say this sounds like an arrogant title. I call myself a world builder, right? And Ooh, the, reason, the whole world. Well, no, no, no. I build to me different worlds right mm, so like um, um <laughs> for instance like in music like when i'm crafting an album i'm creating the world that i want you to step into experience like from the time you put on track one to the time you leave track whatever 13 that's an experience i took you on and that's the world i built right uh for instance the stuff i do some community stuff for nonprofits, like the Talk just books and, just booking books and bagels right like um even before that global kids arkansas where we take uh, we're working on taking another group of underserved students overseas for social services projects and different forms of education. The reason I call even that world building is uh, basically I learned like a uh, paradigm shifting, right? If you take somebody into an experience that they come back and look at their world differently, then they actually try to shape their world differently. So in a positive fashion, when you take someone overseas on a non-touristy trip, you come back and look at your world differently, right? Mm-hmm. So that the whole point of like going overseas is not just to be like I went overseas is because you see stuff differently and realize right. the world operates like this and come back so then the goal is to then have these students then give them the opportunity and the resources to build upon the things they see uh, and that's kind of where it connects with Just Books and Bagels where it's like we give uh, breakfast, books, uh, workshops to anybody in the community but we also kind of like try to target underserved areas or whatnot and it's just because we're working to provide the resources to have these creative people build something different that's not just what their reality is like provide tools to help them build for lack of a better way of saying an alternate reality so the world building in that for me is a sense of getting the once again like the goal the team the vision and then executing to build something that doesn't presently exist so to me it's like world building again uh and i do talks to me a talk is the same thing like i talk i want you to kind of like get woven into my story and then afterwards almost every time i do a talk I'll actually open as an invite, like, hey, whoever wants to get up and have a conversation, just for, as I call it, conversation without expectation, like, like, let's do that because to world build, we have to have other people included. Like, it's not just going to be me. It's going to be other people who are down to build and to execute and things like that. So for me, I call it world building because I'm really working to create something, whether creatively in the artistic realm or whether it be in the community realm or whether it just be in the intrapersonal, interpersonal realm of like something that doesn't previously exist, a different world. And there were so many things that I think that I could have hit on from working with you and also being your friend of how I can totally say that I experienced that for sure. I mean, I think that, well, first off, you know, G and I came to Books and Bagels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thankful the genes passed on. So... When we came, you know, of course, we came to experience that and be there and support you. However, I, I can honestly say as a working mom, I don't make enough time to do things like that. 
Um, meaning like if we're, you know, more than likely, I may be doing on an event on a Friday night or something like that. But I made sure that I got there and that we had that time together. And, you know, to me, it's kind of like I have a lot of obligations that I do on the weekends. But the fact that it was something that I felt obligated to go to because it was you and that she was there and we had that moment. And it wasn't the, the fact that people left with free books g loves books that's what we do if if she gets to get a treat or gets to get something just because she's awesome and i don't have any issues with my child um uh, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, I'm thankful for that. Uh, we're, um, she's normally getting some type of reward and I'm very open. I allow her to make those decisions. And I mean, you can only buy Doc stuff so many times. I think I have, I think we're on our fifth or sixth one. Right. So now she's gotten into this point where she really loves books and she likes to engage with books and she likes to carry her books with her and she likes to show other people her books. Right. Um, at first she had these like this little stash and it was just pawpaw books, which is my dad, which is like only pawpaw can read these books. Right. So that's their experience. Don't nobody do the, the voices as good as he does. And that's, those are pawpaw books. But I remember she picked up a book about Egypt, which was so exciting for me because I really enjoyed Egypt and it was outside of her age group because she's three and the book talks about like the gods and goddesses and just the different parts but anyway just just to kind of wrap it up that one experience made such a big impact on her my life our life our Saturday our weekend and the fact that that's just one little teeny tiny intricate piece of what you do you know my sister came back from Africa and my sister is already amazing and dope and very much like me in a lot of different ways but even cooler so the fact that she came back and and she was just so like open to new experiences and open to new things and it was just like really interesting because I like I think I went to Mexico around the same time but I went on a carnival cruise and it was like we barely saw any Mexican people like even our tequila was like made in America and shipped back to Mexico I mean it was a completely different situation so the fact that you're taking children and you know you and I both kind of in a nonprofit or do work with nonprofits. The fact that you're taking children and giving them that experience, I can only imagine how that's going to shape them. So it sounds like very much to, and I think that's what I really like about you the most, is like if people look on the outside, and it's <laughs> fun, no, we can, let's do it. I know you're you laughing. I'm cool. Bro. If people look on the outside, I think, and even I did this, and I even I did this before I worked, super handsome. Oh, for real? Yeah. Yay. Or semi. <laughs> it depends on it depends Bad on lighting. <laughs> yeah. Super handsome, you know, like there's there's a lot to the if you did nothing else but drop music, even that, like your cover arts are very artistic. Um, the music is not just your average rap. Like I feel like chicks can get with and I think that we talked about this a large portion of the people that support you are women because I can listen to your music and not feel like you're talking about lean and things that I don't have any experiences in it's very open um so like the outside piff or sean the outside piff is is 
as surface as people want to allow it to be. But the fact that you have created all these different worlds and, and just spaces that people can live in and experience you and your art and what's in your mind. Did that come from this background that you studied when you studied in college? Tell people about that, about that. Cause not everybody knows. So and correct me if I'm wrong. All right. So are you kind of asking like where, like, I guess my current approach and like drive comes from? I think or that, are you asking like, I think that you 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 describe these the fact that you like to do these worlds as your creative process. Where that come from? But at the same time, you know, like it's very much a civil service. You do things for people for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, um, few things on that. One of them is I don't I don't think they have to be mutually excuse, exclusive, right? So a lot of people think like, uh, okay, I'm gonna do this over here, and then I'll do this over here. So they look at like. Something for me, something for you, or uh, something for the people, whatever, whatever, whatever. So one thing I really notice is a lot of times one of the things to be truthful, giving other people uncharitable type stuff to a high degree is actually a selfish act in the sense of most people when they give stuff they actually feel good about it, right? So right. it's kind of like if if I actually, if you ask me to help volunteer or something, I go out there and say we whatever feed the less fortunate. I normally leave being like, oh man, that was cool. You know, hopefully we made a difference. That and day, that, with social like media, that. people usually like you know they got to get their picture too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, but I mean, for a large part of it is, I just look at it like they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Also, I kind of resonate on the verses like to hear much is given, much is required. So I've gained a lot and done a lot and been able to see, experience a lot. So it's kind of because of that, I actually have a requirement. So I don't even look at it like uh, it's optional. To yeah. me, it's like I have to do have this to. because my my blessings aren't just for me. Like, that's kind of just point blank, period. So if I just hoarding all this stuff that I'm getting to myself and so on and so forth, then, like, I'm missing the point. Like, there was yeah. no reason for me to ever acquire them. Uh, another aspect is um, I don't see it as, like, also mutually exclusive where it's, like, a lot of people think about charitable or work in the community as, like, un, uh, uh, unthankful acts. Not unthankful, but, like, just... A lot of work, which it is, but it's like, I don't see why we can't kick it doing it. Like, so books and yeah, bagels, everybody definitely. has fun that junk. Like, I tell people time. all the time, like, you know, when you come to it, half the reason it actually sticks is because, like, those were some cool folks there. I enjoyed doing it. And it's kind of like it hit so many points. Like, I, I learned something. I gave something. I got something. I commune with people. Those jokes. So it's like, it doesn't have to not be a good time. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, the students we work with in Global Kids Arkansas, the students we work with in Arkansas, just like... They're cool folks. Like I, they'll call me up and have jokes about me all the time because it's it's, it's just, easy to do. Exactly, I'm the butt of every joke. But it's like it's a good time. Now where it all came from for me, a lot of it was uh, around 14, 15. I was going through some stuff, maybe another podcast, and I was basically like, I wanted to add to the world as opposed to like just be a, a always taken away. Um, a parasite and once again because a lot of times it starts talking it makes me seem like I'm coming off like too altruistic too good so tons of mistakes tons of selfish stuff you I play do. yourself this is the nah, portion nah, of this podcast where true, Piff though. plays himself nah it's like tons of mistakes tons of stuff I do selfish tons of stuff I like uh, haven't done right or have used bad judgment but it's kind of like just this process of like I can create something that I think is dope in the artistic side I can handle my business and I can also like 
impact and cause cause kind of like change you know what i'm saying for the better because i and i think that's like my life i wrote out my life purpose i went on sabbatical and my life purpose is to help create healthy sustainable communities through de-evolution of mindset tool building and application and connection of creatives and so i know that sounds like a long statement but like i for real resonate on that and i think about like how my life and the moves i make like go there And I think that you asked me a question about what it was like to work with you. And I'm not going to be able to sit here and say that I just 100% have that there yet. Like, I know exactly what it is that I want to do and how to do it. But it wasn't until I started working with you that I really asked myself that question. Because I was just making money, to be honest with you. If people came to me and they wanted me to work with them, yeah. And if I could get into some cool stuff at the same time, if I could help people out, that's fantastic. But for the most part, I was willing to kind of, you know, get. I was getting swayed in so many different directions. Um, for me, I think that... There are certain people who have been put here on this earth to be the type of people that only people like you can trust. Meaning that how can I free you up as much as possible to do the things that you need to do because you do have this amazing mission. So any type of movement towards helping you get those projects out is a movement towards this greater good and this overall mission that you have. Not a lot of people can um, align themselves with someone else's mission, if that makes sense. A lot of people are like, nah, that's your mission. I got my own mission over here and it's not success for me unless my mission is getting done. But it's just, I feel like I'm going to be in a place or in a space with someone who their mission is going to be much bigger than mine. And it's cool because working with you and hearing you talk and it's awesome because just the fact that you understand the purpose and the and and the and and people need to understand the purpose of being able to say what is my mission because if I don't define that I could be out here just doing anything for anyone at any given time but there has to be some overall goal and purpose to it so and also I'll say this because I, I try to uh this is kind of like my present belief, best way to go about it. So I think it's, it is actually cool, like, at first, when you're in that first, like, kind of learning period, to try a whole bunch of stuff. Because, like, this is where I learn how do I know if I like if I haven't tried out. You know, maybe I'm into visual arts. Maybe I'm into uh, dance. Like, you just try out a whole bunch of different yeah. junk. And then you hit the point where it's like, okay, cool, cool. Like, you know, I got this, like, overarching knowledge. Now I'm focusing on this. Like, this is where my, not and not once again, not just passion, but, like, this is where my purpose meets passion meets profit. Because once again, uh, don't get me wrong, like, you know, I'm not trying to be out here broke, you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, you know, you got to find out, yes. you know, hopefully a mixture of those. Like, this is what I need to be doing, this is what I love doing, and it's actually put some duckets in my pocket. Because, like, energy don't care about your passion, you no. know what I'm saying? Like, Kroger has never, never given me, like, no, a free pizza Walmart, off the care. fact, like, hey, man, I really that's like you, rapping my dude. That's what you get from Kroger's Hey, I don't, um, I don't cook. That, you know that. I that, don't cook. That, you know, it's, it's gross. Yes. No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 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 <laughs> I think you have, like. Frozen Family Fast and Friends. But yeah, that doesn't mean it's gross, like, though. It's no, I think, I think, I think. There's a technique to it. I can't, can I say it in my pocket when I went not. to your house? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> just awesome. It was literally like I, I remember that I came and, and shot something for you. Yeah. And <laughs> I just remember a bunch of like frozen breakfast sandwiches and I was like, oh, Nah, okay. but it, you didn't look though. Like one it was the dirt oh. it was a dirt sausage. Well what I it was ve- I eat veggie sausage, the uh the uh morning star. I think if if you if it's frozen it's still bad. No, that's why is that true? Why because, is that true though? Because it's been treated so that it can be frozen. You can't just freeze a tomato. You have to put something in it. Go get your you, morning stars you can't and look freeze. at the back, fam. And you don't right, think it's going to be no, 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 no process? No. But first of all, like, it's all, because it's all just, like, mixed together. So none of it, it's not meat. I can't talk because I had a McGriddle sandwich this morning. So no, But what I'm saying is this, like, I think now, uh, so first is salt is a preservative. And it's terrible for you. That's why people got high sodium and I don't diabetes. I have high sodium, though. So what I'm saying is like this. That's because it's got a long way to travel. Says the six foot three lady. <laughs> and so, that's why I thank God. So what I'm saying is. I don't know no, what no. would happen. I, don't get me wrong. I used to be like a whole and I've kind of refined a lot more. But I actually. What do you think about going vegan and all that other stuff? Um, Because you just seem like that guy that'd be like, gonna be today I'm going to go vegan. Nah, I man, I like. I like. Food, man. I know. I just can't. I've, I've, I've so thought about here, it. Here's my idea. My From a principle is, standpoint, I like the fact that it would be there are people who I have don't. that much discipline so that they can go to Copeland's and get a salad. Like I, me personally, nah, like, I'm gonna get shrimp Alfredo. I think so. My thing is, all right. So now, the only reason I'm I'm like actually kind of real pro vegan now is not even like just because Naomi. It's just the fact of it probably is the most environmentally friendly true resource, and that's only because. The amount of meat we consume now is deforestation and also like a lot of people don't understand like a lot of the uh, environmental um, global warming is because actually the gas of like the flatulence of like a lot of animals and the deforestation. So it's like wow. we get cars, but it's actually the fact of like these cows burp and fart. And That's actually, hilarious. They're serious. Like they actually, it goes I into the I did not air. know that. Yeah. And then also they have to keep on tearing down more land. So it's like tearing off the land. Okay. And, that yeah. I'm with. Yeah. But that seems, also. that seems if, it, but, but burps and farts but too. Think, think about how much, but think about like the amount of bovine and pigs we eat. Like, and I mean, it sounds kind of I'm, funny, but I'm, it's true. I'm ready to give up pig. I'm, I'm really, I'm really close. And then like, uh, drive by Sims. See, all, here's, here's my goal. One, once I get a lot of dough, I'm just getting the chef. Like, that's going to be my trick money. But then two is also, I just want to, like, know my food comes from the fact of, like, I just want to, like, okay, this is grass-fed, yes. so on and so forth. That's it. Like, actually, I'm, I never have, I don't have any desire ever to be, like, vegetarian or vegan. I went I to, yeah, yeah. I just want to be smarter. Yeah, because I definitely feel like, and, and it may seem silly that we're talking about this, but... I started working with this life coach and she's so amazing. She was telling me, she was like, you know, and I talk to people about this all the time. Like I know a lot of people that go hard for like Herbalife and um, Advocare and all that other stuff, but you totally have to take care of your body. And that was one of the things that people, people don't understand why, you know, I can be as busy as I am and I I make that time to get my nails done or I make that time to get my hair done or I make that time to feed my body. Like I text Los every couple times during the day that have you eaten because don't come to the club and it's nine o'clock and you have a big job to do and you haven't eaten all day because then you start eating at nine o'clock and then you're eating club food and then you're driving to Taco Bell and your body just can't you if you're going to do things well, you have to take care of the shit. And I gotta say this because you was kind of like, well, hey, 
Amy's Amy's Frozen Food. I know they didn't sponsor this show. Maybe they'll sponsor next. Amy's is, goes about being a healthy alternative to most Amy's. Frozen. Amy's, right. It's and where do you get this from? In the natural food section of like Kroger's. Uh, like whenever they have that natural food section, they actually have a frozen food section. And you're passionate about this. I also oh, yeah. gave you some tea a long time ago, and I was trying to describe tea. Job. No. One of them. I think that I was like in your car. Or I was putting some shirts in your car after showing something, and you had had no tea. I had one on. I had one on, and it made the car smell good, so they still <laughs> serve the function. You know what I'm talking about? But also, <laughs> it's not just the preservatives that also preserve uh, frozen food. It's also the vacuum compression. So basically, if you don't have the air in there and the stuff in the air that deteriorates oh, okay. the food, so that's why also some stuff is preserved. Like you keep it vacuum airtight then actually that's why it also stays longer. Now that I have a backyard and a home, I'm very like, I, 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 my goal for the summertime is to grow some things that I can eat. And I would really like to be able to get up on a Sunday and go to the backyard and grill my salmon and take my lemons. But I just... Yeah, I, I'm not ever going to do that. So I, I hate cooking with a passion. It's one of the few things I despise. Like I, like, because, I don't mind working for anything Your too mom much. is so dope. Not has nothing to do with that. You don't think so? My, my mom being dope does not have to do with my. You don't think that she cooked for you a little bit too much, and you were just like, ah, I never have to learn. No, not at all. Cause my mom also did it. She don't worry, she cooked for us, but she wasn't like just like every day. Cause she was always running around just with the, her job. So yeah, I don't think so at all. I just don't. Uh, you just like this is not. I I feel you. I don't like working for my food at I, all. I, and I, I, I don't eat crab because I have to crack them open. I don't like that. And I had a crawfish boil and I left hungry and I was pissed off I'm about good. it. Like yeah. I got to spend six hours here looking at y'all and then people suck like, oh, anyway, uh, please don't invite me to get crab boils this summer. I don't go to them. I, I don't know why people always think that that's something that you'll see me at. I'm not going to show up you in, look, in a, you look. <laughs> I'm, I look country like. <laughs> nah, you nah. look. Never mind. I look like a crawfish. Nah, it's definitely not. Nah, that's not what I was going to say. This this insert comment, I mean compliment, and then yeah, I say thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's a we don't thing. actually compliment each other. We just have moments where we're getting ready to compliment each other, and then it just it feels. I, too... I think this is a wonderful podcast, and you do good work. Oh, yeah. I think that. Oh, that's what we're trading. Huh? <laughs> we're trading compliments. Is that what you about to say? No, I was gonna respond. Oh, what's up? Go. Thank for you. It. I think that um, this podcast is something that you know. I'll I'll be honest with you when I release this podcast. The reviews were mixed, not to say that people didn't love it, but because I think that people thought that, like, I, I only mentioned, like, f- three names of people that I've been working with, and it was Los, you, and Sheena. And I think that people, the perception of this podcast is not that everybody that I haven't worked with is amazing, because they absolutely are, and not to say that this podcast is just a very small portion of what I do, meaning that I have, like, four or five logos that I have to finish within the next week. And those things are so important to me and such an intricate part of my business, and I absolutely love what I do. Um, But this podcast was something that mattered a lot to me because I wanted people to hear not just my opinion that's why it's a six episode it's a six series episode and at the end of the six series I'm going to take some time to just focus on client work because obviously me being in the studio for an hour or two every single week is not something that um, a schedule like mine can really just you know it's not something I want to schedule my time for I would rather be working for my clients and with my clients but there were some things I had to get off my chest and I think it's to me it's kind of 
it's a building process, everything is falling apart again. Like with the Phenomenal K thing, I realized that at one point I can't be seen in my in my field I can't be taken seriously in my field if I'm showing up and then you ask me to follow um, if you, you ask to follow me on social media and it's phenomenal okay I didn't know it was gonna be like this I didn't know I was gonna be I don't want to say I'm tight but I didn't know I was gonna be doing what I, if y'all think I'm tight I appreciate it I, I didn't know I didn't know I was gonna be doing other things I did it's like with photography when I dropped the Black Kings project I really did not I had no I, I bought a camera to take pictures of my clients and then I got on YouTube and I really started to study the art of photography, how the lens opens and closes, what the different settings of the camera are. Someone tried to play me not too long ago. He's another photographer here in Little Rock. I ain't going to say his name, but he knows who he is. Uh-huh. And he was basically like, he was basically saying, you know, why, why don't you have this camera? Why don't you have this lens? And it's because that's negative equity in my business. I'm not trying to sit out here and buy five, six, seven, eight thousand dollars worth of camera equipment. I'm want to learn every single thing about the camera that I have before I move on to a different system and at the end of the day like people are still buying what I got so also on that man that, that strikes up like I, one thing I learned from um uh a lot of it is I guess the main point being that it's not always equipment's like who works the equipment I learned I mean when I first started working with uh at the time was Dad Heat Ferocious and uh GCs and they have like cool like studio equipment but it was like, I've been to other studios where they have, you know, way more expensive equipment. But they had, what they did with what they owned was magical. magical. Like, they sounded like way better. So people were surprised sometimes when they saw where the studio was because they expected it to look like a certain way. Right. Uh, same thing with my dude who shoots like most of my videos, Kenneth Bell, right? So they think. I love Kenneth. Yeah. And, and I love so, the work that he does for He's you. dope. He's real dope. And the same thing. So a lot of people roll up and they be like, oh, he just. This is all he's using, you know, because yeah. they see it and they expect something else, and they don't realize it's it's him and the plan and preparation, and then the skills to post pre and post to execute it. You know, people what I'm saying? people have such it, it's just it's just interesting. Like people don't understand, man. Like it's hard work and dedication, and and Kenneth, I'm sure is probably somewhere right now in front of his MacBook editing away man, something. He, he should. We got like eight. I was gonna stuff. say, I'm sure you on you're on him <laughs> about something, but it's just like that. It's just in that, and that's just so totally the same thing for me. It's these people that walk around with these big eight thousand dollar cameras and getting outshot by um, people with iPhones. And it's just yeah. there's some kids out here, and they shoot the they'll 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 I they'll shoot a whole wedding with an iPhone, and you'll be sitting there taking pictures, and they happen to capture something. It never fails. I'll do a whole wedding for someone, and somebody with an iPhone in the audience will capture an an image, a moment, an angle that is so dope, and I'm just like. That's it. And I sometimes I'll take them and I'll edit them through my software and I'll edit them in Lightroom and, and get the shot because at the end of the day, it's just yeah. cool moments. Cool moments with Piff. I'm not even going to try to get into wrapping everything up to the whole, to the PR playbook. I feel like that's what the web post will do. Um, you know, obviously you can hear in this man's voice that he puts in a lot of work for what he does. Is that practice. It's, it's, it's the principle he's been doing for a while. Thank you so much for coming. Even the teamwork, you talked about that too. So, I mean, you really hit on a lot of my... PR playbook keys and yeah, I, I didn't even mean for you to. Well, I've studied your work and I've heard your first podcast and I've worked because, with you before, so yeah. I, I kind of 
was I had an idea of like what I wanted to express and hopefully it would add some value to your podcast as well as me get some uh, value out of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that if if you are if you do what I do, if you have any interest in doing PR, it's really, really important for you to find people that inspire you and also that people that will keep it keep it real. I think that to say that you and I still are able to see each other and speak and you know, nobody gets their feelings hurt. It's, it's a good thing because real Piff, Piff has fired me twice now. What's <laughs> Chill. And he may he may hire me back after Chill, he sees how how after he sees how dope this podcast is, and then fire me again. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the PR Playbook. This is the second episode, and it's brought to you by Big Piff, who has a project coming out, and I'm gonna let him tell you all about it. What's good, y'all? This is Big Piff on the PR Playbook. Had a wonderful time. Hopefully, y'all check out my new project. It is called I Am Not Them, The Legacy Project. Check it out on BigPiff.com, B-I-G-P-I-P-H.com, or IAmNotThem.com. It's dope, man. If y'all don't like it, that's y'all's fault. Get it down one more time, man. In the gang, greener than what my team was smoking on. Blunted off reality, my enemy that smoke is gone. Focus wrong, forgot to notice folks was on. Smiling in my face, all cheeks like a broken thong. Hope is gone, been a while since I opened songs. Monkey on my back, and I'm hoping y'all provoke the Kong. Empire state of mind, but I'm in low rocks. Since underground went digital, I'm feeling like a little pot. Juice chest move, bishop takes queen. Moving like them jets move, currency's my thing now. Cause all the while when I was watching out for folks, I must have slipped and fractured some.